In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. When you listen to one of the parables of the Lord, this is a serious question. How do you know with which element of the parable you are meant to identify? For example, in the case of the parable of the prodigal son, are you meant to identify yourself with the younger son who demands his inheritance while his father is still alive, then wastes it on drink and prostitutes in a foreign land, and only then, still imperfectly contrite, still motivated primarily by his own best interests, returns at last to his father? Are you meant to identify with him? Or are you meant to identify with the elder son who obediently undertakes all that is asked of him but takes bitter offense at his father's behavior? Are you meant to identify with him? Or are you meant to identify with the father whose mercy makes him rush out to embrace the delinquent son and come out yet again to appease the resentful one? Are you meant to identify with him? How about the case of today's parable? Do you identify with the laborers who were hired at the first hour and labored all day long for the agreed-upon wage, who discovered that those who had not worked as hard as they nonetheless benefited from a full day's pay? If you do, and you therefore resent both the eleventh-hour workers, and for that matter the ninth-hour workers, and the sixth-hour workers, and the third-hour workers, and especially the owner of the vineyard, then you would have to imagine yourself a pretty swell guy, an upright citizen, an Eagle Scout of Christian perfection. But even in the most unlikely event that you are such a paragon of heavenly virtue, the Lord has still rebuked you, hasn't he, for resenting his mercy shown to others, and whether you have recognized it or not, shown to you as well. How ironic that you worked all day long in the fields of the Lord without recognizing the true dignity of your labor. How tragic that you have nothing more to show for your virtue than a day's wage, when, with the right spiritual disposition, you might also have left the encounter with the satisfaction of doing the Lord's will and preparing his vineyard for the harvest. In this respect, you seem to have arrived at the eleventh hour yourself, not in labor, but insofar as love is concerned. But even so, the Lord has rendered unto you the just wage of his promise. But what if you also perhaps did identify with the laborers who came into the vineyard at the eleventh hour? Are you delighted 
that you have been given what you did not deserve? Are you happy to have been idle all day, only to be rescued from hunger and destitution in the last hour by a bountiful landowner? Do you not wish that you might indeed have worked the whole day so as to merit at least the wage you received, though you were never entitled to the job that the master so freely and generously gave you? Let's think about this from the perspective of the Mosaic Law. For in the Law of Moses, there are 613 mitzvot, or commandments, one of which is the commandment not to withhold the day wage of a laborer at night. When the owner of the vineyard contracted the last group of workers, he was no less bound to the law at the eleventh hour than he was at the first. The usual daily wage was a single denarius, called a penny in the translation you have in your bulletins. By paying everyone who worked in his vineyard the same wage, that same denarius, that same penny, which is so difficult to break into smaller portions, the landowner made sure that not one who had come at the first hour was mistakenly sent away with a prorated wage meant for someone who had worked fewer hours. He also made sure that he did not accidentally pay less to any of those who had come at any of the various hours. In other words, he took precautions so that even making a mistake, he would not transgress the law. In the Judaism of first century Palestine, in which the disciples first received our Lord's parable, we would have said that he built a hedge around the law so that even stumbling he would not sin. St. Paul, about that same first-century Palestinian Judaism, says that his ancestors in the Old Covenant were all of them baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. The cloud is the cloud that came upon Sinai when the law was first given. The sea, of course, is the Red Sea through which the Israelites passed dry-shod from slavery to Pharaoh in Egypt into freedom with God in the desert. They ate, St. Paul says, the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from a spiritual rock that was Christ. In the end, however, God was not pleased with most of them, for they were struck down in the desert. They had received the law, and some had even observed the law. But not all of them observed the law with the same interior generosity and care 
to avoid injustice, as in the case of the owner of the vineyard in our Lord's parable. Imagine if you and I were to identify with him, the vineyard owner. Imagine if we would make his kind of financial sacrifices in order not to transgress any part of the commandment to love one another as Christ has loved us. Imagine if we were to build a hedge around the new law which commands us to love God with our whole heart and mind and strength and our neighbor as ourself so that even stumbling we do not transgress. For if we take the new covenant sealed in the blood of Christ as seriously as the landowner took the old covenant sealed in the blood of the Passover lamb, would we not be running the race that St. Paul speaks of, not merely to complete, but so as to win it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.